Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Got a lot of good discussions we're going to have this week. A little observations from India. Boy, going to Mumbai was a trip. Literally a trip. It was so great. And we're going to be talking Super Bowl this week, and I got a funky one for you today, as I advertised all throughout the night on the little spots that pop up that say, Tomorrow on Carl and (laughs) Crew Mornings. I want to talk with you about Taylor Swift, and I want to do a preemptive strike on you right now and just go, if we're wise as Christians, we don't get all snarky and mean. We can be shocked about stuff. He's talking about one thing that happened at the Grammys that was so weird. And there's a lot of weird stuff. Is that we live in a culture today when you don't even need halftime wardrobe malfunctions. They just malfunctions seem to just kind of happen like planned. They aren't malfunctions anymore. Hmm. It's predeterminations. Hmm. I mean, really. Yeah. We live fair. in a weird world right now. Last night I saw something that just, it's not worth talking about. It's just such the objectification of women to a point where it's a degradation of women and it's celebrated by some women, not by all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what in, what in the cat hair is going on around here, man? What in the world's going on? You saw it too, Super Diane. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. it makes you go, what in the world? Uh, yeah. What in the world's going on? And it's heartbreaking. But we got to look at the world through a lens, much like Paul did when he went to the Athenians. He went into a godless culture. The Athenians, by the way, were godless. I mean, that was a wretched culture. So it's not like it's new, right? Right. I mean, we've had crazy stuff going on for, well, since sin was crouching at Cain's door (laughs) and he killed poor Abel. Yeah. I mean, it's from the jump, man. So we've had awful stuff going on, but there's oftentimes things that we can appeal to in lost people, much like Paul did when he looked at the Athenians and he says, I see that you are great worshipers of gods. Could I tell you about this unknown God? What an unbelievable culture of idol worship where they even put a placard to the one for whom we do not know, to the unknown God. Yeah, for real. Just in case we missed one out there. It's just, that's pretty awe-inspiring, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And Paul leveraged that. Hear me, Boom Crew. Paul leveraged that as a means to witness to people that were doing crazy stuff. I mean, we talk about Mambla, which is a man-boy-love society that's in America. And believe it or not, with all this crazy stuff that's going on, the United Nations even has little charters that's discovering people that have affection for minors. And I mean, there is craziness going on in our world right now. Yeah, it, it actually it has a name. It's called minor attracted persons. Minor attracted persons is becoming something that I am convinced demons are trying to validate yeah. in the minds of people. I agree. Minor attracted persons. You're it's a right. real thing. Maps. Is what they call them. Yep. It's utterly shocking. Now, how do you live as a Christian in that world today, right? Right. Well, the one thing you can't do is become an angry evangelical. 
You can't. You got to look at it and go, but for the grace of God, the power of God in our life, there go I. And if you say that's not possible, hold on there, Charlie Brown. There were a lot of clear thinking people that were deluded and deceived by a man named Hitler. And many didn't execute Jewish people, but they stood by and watched it happen without flinching. And these were church-going folks. Sure. Talk Germany here, guys. These were church-going people. So we have, to be very con- we have to be very careful that we don't let history repeat itself. Matter of fact, I'm jumping into a series this week out of the book of Jude. You ever heard a message series out of the book of Jude? You might oh, say that I can remember. Yeah. it's the fourth shortest book in the, in the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, Philemon and Second John and Third John are shorter, but it's right behind those. <laughs> Very short. 23, 28 verses. Help me with that, somebody. So if you turn in your Bibles to Jude chapter 1, you don't really don't need to say that. You can just say, turn to Jude. <laughs> 25 verses. 25. And um, Jude was written by one of Jesus's half-brothers. He's a younger brother to James. There are four brothers that are cited in the New Testament of Jesus, and Jude was the younger brother to James. None of the brothers believed in Jesus as the Christ until after his resurrection. Hmm. But then they did. It's an amazing thing. The intro to Jude almost makes me cry. Jude, the half-brother of James, and the... Worshipper of the Christ. Wow. Pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. But he goes on to explain that there are some that have crept into the broader body of Christ. This is first century church that have perverted grace with sexual perversion. So there was sexual perversion and the twisting of truth in the first century church. Probably, you know, it, it mirrors Second Peter a lot. I'm giving you guys some stuff here this morning, all right? So let me give you some stuff. Jude mirrors Second Peter almost identically. There's so obviously Jude picked up on what Peter had written and doubled down on that. In fact, he intros the book of Jude by saying, I wanted to write to you talking about our great salvation, but I've got a warning now. And the warning goes on to explain that we've got a watch the household of God because some have crept in and what they had done, they had distorted grace. See, grace is not the permission to live however in the heck we want. It's the privilege to live as we never could before. That's grace. But it's easy to twist grace, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We see that in our own lives. Of course. Sure, yeah. Grace becomes the... Grace becomes the inflated, um, the inflated landing pad that pole vaulters use. Yeah, it becomes the permission slip. I remember mm-hmm. taking those home. <laughs> this is my permission slip to yeah. go on this field trip. Grace becomes the permission slip to do something that maybe I don't think I should should, but but grace permission slip I can do it. Yeah. I sat with a man in my office that had cheated on his wife, bald-faced, looked me square in the eyes, and he said, man, Pastor, I'm glad for the grace of God. I said, you, you, didn't, 
you aren't tapping the grace of God here, my man. You don't know anything about the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Don't ever talk to me like that. He was a friend, so I could talk to him that way. But we live in a world where there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on, and it's easy to point fingers and and denigrate people. But, hey, lost people are going to do lost things. If you would have followed me around for about four years, I promise you, you would not be listening to this. You, eh? Grace-filled people would have no problem, and they'd celebrate listening to this show. Sure. People that are self-righteous and use grace wickedly mm-hmm. would say, we can't listen to this show. What Clausen did for four years of his life. What a crazy man. So back to the Super Bowl, we got Taylor Swift, and boy, this girl's got a work ethic. She's, yeah, no kidding. You, you get at the end of the day, you gotta hand it to her. Yeah. How whatever do you, you think about her, she's how do you, got a great work ethic. How do you write 243 songs that are all hits? In some le- at some level, yeah, and that's only the songs we know. How much have been written, and she still has them in books, scrapped somewhere. them, threw them away. Yeah. Kept them uh, big, in, big yeah. announcement at the Grammys: is she's re- releasing a whole album about so what's the name of it? Like Dead Poets Industrial no or something, something disgruntled April. posted poets, <laughs> disgruntled <laughs> postage. <laughs> Disgruntled poets entered uh, industrial. Oh, Find out what the album is. Okay. I, I got a kick out of it. I'm like, this girl is so creative. She comes up with these crazy names, and it just it just feeds the masses. I love it. But I got a question for you, Boom Crew. How does a young lady who becomes sets a world record at the age of 11, youngest person to ever sign with a with a recording company, how in the cat hair does a girl with a really good voice, not a great voice. I'm sorry if you're a Swifty. Just hang <laughs> with me here. She doesn't have a Celine Dion voice, right? Or Whitney. Uh, or no, Whitney. no, she's not a no. power ballad singer. No, or I mean, no. Like but that. she's got a really good voice. Yeah, she's sure. trying to hold off the Swifty fans right now. <laughs> How in the world does she have so many throngs of fans to the point where uh, what's the bottom line that she's brought to the NFL in? Estimated proceeds just by her showing up at the games to cheer for her boyfriend. Uh, some estimates three hundred and thirty-one million. Three, that's estimate three hundred and thirty-one <laughs> million dollars for the Chiefs and for the NFL. It's crazy. Do we have any numbers on how many new fans she's brought to the NFL? I, they they said that the championship game with the Chiefs was like some record-setting thing because. Taylor was there in a skybox, and people might see her two or three times throughout the game. Yeah, TV ratings jumped 18% each time she shows up. Does anyone know what's going on here? Jerseys went from four to 500 to 15,000 sold. Travis Kelsey jerseys, because she wears one up in the skybox. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So, and, and I'm really serious about this this morning. I'm very serious because, now hear me now, all truth is God's truth. If you hear truth and it is, it bears witness that it is factual, that is in the realm of God. And you got to ask a question. What in the world is Taylor Swift doing that has throngs and throngs of little girls, tween girls on up, right up 
to their mamas and their grandmamas that think this girl hung the moon. And I'm really serious about this. No, yeah, it's, you're not wrong. You're not exaggerating. It. And we ought to ask the question. Yeah, it's a great question to ask. What in the world is she doing? So I'm going to open it up for you, Boom Crew. What's going on? What's going on? And is there something that we can learn from it in the church today? 312-274-9624. 312-274-9624. Give us a call. Give us a text. I love asking these kind of questions. I remember when Ray Dalio, he's the leader of, uh, I'm throwing names at you here that you're going to have to get google Rific yeah, quick. Yeah, I have no man. idea who that Ray is. Ray Dalio is the uh, fund manager of a big uh, stock brokerage house. Oh, okay. And he wrote a book called Principles. Okay. And some of the stuff in his management uh, style and what he really embedded into the whoop and wharf of his company are some of the most tremendous truths you can imagine. He does not allow for backdoor conversations. You got to come straight to people. Huh? Sounds like Matthew 18 to me. <laughs> if you got wow. a problem with someone, you come straight to them. He will not talk. The only thing he won't talk, he, he doesn't care if you come at him with uh, different opinions, but you better come to him, not behind his back. Yeah. That's good. Isn't that fascinating? I like that. So what is it that makes Taylor Swift so contagious? What is it? 312-274-9624. Interesting question, isn't it? It is, and I think it's interesting because of the bigger why, obviously. We're not going to just be like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Great. Now we're done yeah. talking about it. No, we're going we're gonna to connect this to some really important things. Yeah, what can really we learn? cool stuff. What can we learn? 312-274-9624. You can give us a call, give us a text. We'd love to hear from you. Some of you have thought about this deeply. I've talked to people that have thought, man, what is going on here? 312-274-9624. We've already got phone calls coming yeah. in. Interesting conversation this morning. <laughs> it's a good one, for sure. We were both young when I first saw you. I closed my eyes and the flashback starts. I'm standing there. It's old Taylor Swift. But it's a good one. Oh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Good grief. <laughs> hey, I grew up on country Taylor Swift, all right? It's one of my favorites. <laughs> Love to hear your favorite list. Oh, this is a great this song. A you can hear a little bit of the youth in her voice. Yeah, I think she was like 16. A little 16. youth in her voice. Yeah, she's 36 now. <laughs> 34. Like 34? Yeah, she's like 34. Here we go. Then you That's good writing. It is. It's really good. That's just good writing. Yeah. Carlin Crew Mornings asking you a question. Super Bowl's coming. We're going to be hitting all different facets of the Super Bowl. And this is, this is an important one. And I know that um, it's, it's fun to, and I poke fun at it too. I'm like, get her off the screen. We're watching a football game. But the, <laughs> The truth is uh, the NFL knows how to monetize Taylor. I agree. $331 million she's generated estimated brand value for the Chiefs and for the NFL. Yeah. 
331 million? It's crazy, isn't it? Let's get some callers in here. Hannah, first time caller, Indiana. What makes Taylor so incredibly popular? Hi, good morning. <laughs> okay, so let me just go right into it. As a um, former mega Swifty, I can say that Taylor, when she first came on the scene, I was in middle school, and she just kind of met me exactly where I was at. And I think with women especially, there's a community aspect to that. You know, we we start this trust with people that we really kind of identify ourselves with. And while yeah. I've moved away from the Team Swifty camp i mean you know it's almost one of those weird things like once a swifty always a swifty yeah. like i'm gonna have to listen to the next the album next one. yeah I, yeah i think about um she's definitely changed in her aesthetic and her and her music and you know if she wants to do that she can that's that's her that's her free will but jesus never changed and when i think of jesus meeting people right where they are i think of the woman at the well yeah the woman of adultery and he never he never switches it up on us. So instead of putting our trust in, you know, man, I, I put my trust in Jesus, but yeah. I'm always praying for her. Yeah, no, no, you, that's the right attitude. But I think you nailed it. At the end of the day, Taylor meets people where they're at. Hannah, good call. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sister. Boom. That's why we call you the huh. Boom Crew. What an honest discussion this morning. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because, listen, we can sit here all day long and say as Christians, you know, we show up at Sunday and we and we listen to worship tunes. But Monday through Saturday, we listen to all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Now, some just listen to worship and Christian music, and that's great. Yeah. But what do you say? What's going on? What's with this phenomenon? And what can we learn about it as the church? What can we learn from what's going on with Taylor Swift and the, what'd she call herself? The mega Taylor Swift? Mega Swifty. Mega Swifty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Virginia, first time caller, Elmhurst. What do you say, Virginia? Hi, Carl and crew. Yeah, I would say it's all about love. Her lyrics are all about either broken love or craving love or, um, you know, hurt love, and it's all, like, very deep lyrics. And I think her audience, you know, like the previous caller, um, it, it, it gravitates to, you know, the, the teenager to the grandmother. And, um, you know, and as we think about Christ, you know, Christ is love. So it's just, it's sort of interesting to know that he, she has such a huge audience and she could just switch her messaging what, how that really true love is through Christ yes. would be amazing. But yeah. that's, that's sort of, I have a 24 year old that is a Swifty and I think it's it just, it's about the love and the lyrics. Yeah. I think you're right on Virginia. Thank you for being bold enough to call in. That can be kind of risky to call in on something yeah. like this one, but thank you. Yeah. Boom, sister. That's, that's why great. you're in the boom great crew. Answers. Really good answers. And I want to shift gears now because I think we've hit two of the most primary things. She writes about love and she meets people where they're at. Mm -hmm. I think if you could summarize the impact of Taylor Swift, you could put it in those categories. Sure. She writes about love and she meets people where they're at. And quite candidly, this is why Family Life Weekend to Remember, where my bride and I were for, I think we spoke with them for 11 years. Correct me if I'm wrong, baby, via text message. But we'd go all around the country and you know what's amazing? I'd go to Memphis, two to 3,000 people sitting in an auditorium. You know what they're wanting to learn about? Love. Yeah, absolutely. Two to 3,000 people spending a whole weekend. 
to learn about love. Sometimes love was broken. I was in Appleton, Wisconsin many years ago, long before I ever thought I was going to be living in Chicago. And I watched an old gentleman walk up to me at the end of the conference. Big old, big old burly farmer. Tears streaming down his face. His bride standing beside him. He said, we found what love is here. He said, I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell my kids and grandkids, your grandma and grandpa aren't getting divorced. Oh. Did you hear what Allie just did? She went, oh. Yeah. Why? Because we need love. Yeah. At the end of the day, guys, how many songs that are written are written about love? Goodness sakes. Finding (laughs) it, losing it, getting it back. Yeah. Boston, REO Speedwagon, 38 Special. Those were my groups growing up. When I grew up with 90s R&B, and it was all about. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah. that was the love song era. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For, for my generation. Yeah. Yeah. Sure it was. And it did something in the cockles of your heart. Sure. Absolutely. And it captured kind of sometimes the struggle to find the right one. And, you know, especially as you're, those are the songs of your youth. It's amazing how much of those lyrics impact you for good and for bad. But it's kind of the story of what your generation is dealing with collectively. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some of the answers that they have are, are bizarre. <laughs> bizarre oh, sure. and nonsensical. But you feel something. You feel something. Yeah. And deeply so. I don't think there's a genre out there where I haven't heard a song about love in some way, shape, or form. I've heard, you know, punk rock songs about love. I've heard yep. the old <laughs> 70s rock about love, 90s. I've heard the pop, the R&B, you know, the rock. soul, everything. <laughs> everything has at least the idea of love and that person's take on it or their experience with it. All songs include it. So I want to make a, a not even a flip side of the coin. I want to make a little five degree shift and I want to ask you this boom crew. What must the church learn from a Taylor Swift? What must we not ignore? What must we not, not ignore? What can we do better coming up in this next half hour? We're going to keep talking about this. It's ironic because this, this theme that I have of an observation from India and my flight home from there. It dovetails with this to a T, and I didn't even realize it until about 15 minutes ago. Coming up, taking your calls. What can we do about this, man? We're going to play that Swift song again. Now that thing's in my head. It's going to be there all day long. <laughs> worm. That's a good one. Good grief. I'm an old man. Some of those lyrics, just powerful. You can't, you can't lie, man. Absolutely. I remember. I, I, I must have been 12 or 13 at the time. Uh in the in the youth van and putting that song on the radio and the entire youth group jumping up and down in the van singing that song because she was that popular even back then and and now it's even grown it's crazy off to a youth retreat yeah 20 15 years ago exactly that's right is funny stuff. Hang on. Coming up after news, taking your calls. We've got nine lines available ready for you, Boom Crew. Let's go. I'm, I am, we are on it here today. This is the kind of stuff that this pastor, this leader, this man who's after God's own heart, I am absolutely convinced, more so sitting here today than what I conceived a week ago, 
I am more convinced than ever, we need to take a lesson from this and go, what are you showing us, God? And I got a couple ideas. I know Allie does, and I know that you do too. 312-274-9624. Light them up, guys. Fill the lines. What can we do with this? Oh, it's easy to sit back and berate and go, yeah, she's brainwashed or she's brainwashed. No, go on, hold on a second. What can we learn from this phenomenon? 312-274-9624. Waking you up with adrenaline and Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Give us some stats here, Allie. This is crazy. Yeah, Taylor Swift, if you are not, if you somehow are not familiar with her at all, American singer-songwriter, she is listed as the youngest ever to sign at the age of 11. So she's been at this a long time. She's only 34 now, but she's had a long, long career. She's released 243 songs and counting, and many more we hear that are still in the vault. She has four Grammy Awards for Album of the Year, which is more than any artist in the history of the Grammys. She's released 10 studio albums. I could go on and on, but she makes up 1.7%, so almost two full percent of the total U.S. music market in 2023. (laughs) Her alone, almost 2%. And explain, because you were telling me off mic why this is so different than what it used to be years ago. We would have a singular, there's so many genres of music. Right, because you think about through through the decades, you can think about an artist or maybe a band that stood out from the Beatles to your Madonna to your Michael Jackson, where they had sort of this following and everybody was kind of engaged in what they were doing. Times have changed so much with social media and influencers. There's so much celebrity that it's very hard for any single person or group to break through beyond kind of their lane, their niche of whoever follows them. But Taylor Swift sort of cuts across many generations. She has followers who are Young girls, like, you know, six, seven, eight, all the way up to grandmothers who all kind of rally around this one artist. So her following really is something that's unprecedented for what we're seeing any other artist do right now. Yeah. And look, we get it. She doesn't claim to be a Jesus follower. No. Some of the songs that she has are not good. We wouldn't she, play them. Either. No. Yeah, I mean, but the vast majority of her stuff is connecting at a heart level. She Absolutely. relates to people where they are. Two callers that came in back to back. How did they capture that, Allie? Yeah, that she meets people where they're at, one of our callers said. And then the other uh, caller, Virginia, said that she writes about love and that that's a, a, a lot of her songs are very relatable. Yeah, and, and the question that we've got to ask ourselves is what can we learn? And you might say, well, I don't want to learn anything from Taylor. Well. That's not smart. You're right. We have to, I think we have to be willing to, to wade into the conversation and inspect it because you're right. It is easy just to say, well, that's not godly. I don't want anything to do with that. And I don't blame you for that initial thought. However, she's connecting with the people in a, in a way that maybe we aren't connecting with people as well in and how can we learn from her in the ways that that are fair to take from yeah and it's um, it's really important and we're not in any way sanitizing or spiritualizing taylor swift not but and and look i I, we just got a text here from 
She gave her name, Sally. This is great. This is just, this is a fascinating thing because in two sentences, she put me in this situation. She said, my late 40-year-old husband, sorry, Sally, about that, was lying on the living room floor with our seven and eight-year-old nieces singing that Juliet song with them, great bonding moment. Mm. And then she said, great topic. Yeah. There's something going on yeah. here. And the reason why she's made even more headlines as of late, if you've not heard, she has an da- ongoing dating relationship with a player from the Kansas City Chiefs. So she's been Grr. at games. And so there's <laughs> been a lot of conversation around her attendance at these Kansas City games. The ratings have gone up almost 20% each time she shows up. Jersey sales for her boyfriend are gone from 500 jerseys to 15,000 jerseys. Yeah, first time she showed up was a Bears game, by the way, just so so the brand well, that's the whole reason <laughs> it's the whole reason that's it so it seems if it feels like you keep seeing this tall young blonde singer show up everywhere that's a big reason why yeah, yeah. and by the way it, you know some of us struggle with uh, one one of the attributes that taylor swift has is that you don't have to warn her like yeah. uh, we find paul warning people who are slothful yeah she has a work ethic like nobody's business. She's no doing four shows in Japan, and my understanding is that these shows are full-on shows. Yeah, Like three-hour shows. Yes. Kudos to that. I mean, there's many, many groups. Either they're, they're super late, they play maybe 45 minutes, and they're done, and she gives a show. Yeah. Like a full-blown yeah. show. Yeah. And she's doing four of those in Japan, and then she's going to jump on a plane, and guaranteed she will be at the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Roger Goodell would not have it any other way. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it this way, too, the way we're talking about it. Like Ali said, there's so many artists out there. I could name a couple artists that, like, maybe you haven't heard before. Sam Smith. Have you guys ever heard of Sam Smith? Yes. You, Diana has. Carl, have you heard of Sam Smith before? Yes, I have. Okay, good. There are so, but there are pop that that example just crashed and burned. But there, <laughs> there <laughs> are okay. examples of people out there that you wouldn't know that I've never heard before. Uh, but everybody, I don't think there's one person I could talk to right now that hasn't at least heard the name or seen the picture of Taylor Swift and could identify her out of a out of a lineup. Yeah. Everybody knows who she is. So it's crazy. So let me give you a couple of practical things here, because I I. Really want to make sure that we're getting this. I think we forget how relatable Jesus was to some of the most culturally despicable people, mm-hmm. the least, the untouchables. Yeah. You take two incidences, one with the woman at the well. Culturally, he wasn't even supposed to go near this woman. She had been married five times, count them, five. And by the way, there's a lot of different ways of looking at that. But suffice it to say, this woman could not make love work. And he sat down with her and he began to give her the ultimate answers to life. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, this woman at the well would have been a Swifty. Ain't no doubt about it. (laughs) Why? Because Taylor Swift would have, her songs would have pierced her heart like maybe few women in Samaria. Sure. Come on, let's get honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Jesus sat down with a tax collector. And he did things that the dominant spiritual culture said, oh, don't do that. He's eating with sinners and tax collectors. Yeah. What a horrible guy. Yeah. The highly religious people were mad at him for sitting with people that they deemed unworthy to sit with. 
I got to tell you something. If there's no other lesson to take away from Taylor Swift, it's that we need to connect with people where they are. We talk about wanting to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but are we willing to sit down at a well with people that are much different from us? that have not experienced the grace and power of Jesus Christ? Are we willing to go to the equivalent of a tax collector's home? Are we willing to sit down with people that are on the evening news for all kinds of things that are missing the mark spiritually? It's, it's easy to point fingers. It's real work to love the world, but it's a worthy effort. Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Big news. Oh, yeah. You just heard about this big trip, Journeys of Paul Sail Away Contest. This is an incredible trip of a lifetime. Follow the routes of Paul's missionary journeys. You're going to be on land. You're going to be at sea. You're going to be in Turkey and Greece and all of these beautiful places with some pretty awesome tour guides taking you along the way, explaining what you're seeing, the significance. Dr. Mark Job, Dr. Joe Stoll, Dr. Michael Reitelnik. Really great opportunity. I want to make sure that you enter in to win this trip. We're giving away a pair of tickets that will cover hotel and airfare and the tour. Did I mention this was a big ticket item? It's a big ticket item. This is a big ticket item. This trip is already sold out, but these two tickets will be given away. Just text the word TRIP to get your entry form. Text TRIP to 312-274-9624. You can go over all the details, but the trip is September of this year. Text the word TRIP to 312-274-9624. Coming up here, I want to, um, I want to take you to an unexpected conversation. You know, sometimes we think that people that have heard about Jesus have actually heard about Jesus. Right. We make some assumptions. But it's awesome when you can begin to explain the power of Christ's wisdom to someone who's heard of Jesus, but never considered for a moment the truth that can set them free. And in this case, it relates to love that's coming up. Helping you start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, guys. Uh, I don't know how to explain this story except to tell you as best I can what went down. So I get on a plane in Mumbai, India. It is um, late night there. Body clock's already messed up royally, but I'm trying to get back on pace for getting back to Chicago. And I thought I'm going to go to sleep. But I always like to greet people that I'm sitting beside and I'm sitting next to a young lady that I found out is flying from her hometown of Mumbai back to Toronto, where she is a engineer. And brilliant young lady, about 10 years younger than my daughter, talking young, and first generation to break loose from, as she poured out her heart, her caste system. Interesting. Nobody in her family would have ever thought or dared to think that they could get an education like she received and therefore even and who would have ever dreamt in her family of going to another country. It's a big deal. So now she lives in Canada. Uh, But I said to her, I said, what's the biggest challenge for you moving from Mumbai to Toronto? She said, it's funny you'd say that. Let me tell you what it is. She said, I can't find love. Oh, wow. Said, you know what, Carl? Now we've got a friendship going, so there's not going to be much sleep on this flight. 
She said, I just actually told my parents because I went through a horrible breakup with a boyfriend in Canada. I just told my parents I flew to Mumbai, she says, to be at my best friend's wedding. I had to be there. But I just got done today talking to my mom and dad that I want them to take charge of arranging a marriage for me. Mm. Oh. Mm. Arranged marriages, by the way, are very common around yes. the globe. Yes, absolutely. And there's some data that actually shows that arranged marriages have better chances of sticking together than otherwise. Right, because they're coming in with the idea that this is a commitment not based on a specific feeling. No, it's yeah. not. sometimes it's not based on feeling at all. Yeah. But they're from a more modern era, so they have a little modification. But her mom and dad were really excited to hear this, and her mom went to work on it immediately. She already had four names and four pictures of Go guys mom. that through family connections and everything, and one of these guys was actually um, in another city in Canada. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking with her about this, and I said, you know, do you know what you're looking for in the man that you want? And she said, well, I... I don't really know because everything that I thought I was looking for in a man has let me down. Mm. That's real. Wow. I said, well, open door invitation (laughs) to Jesus. It's like Chuck and Red Meat (laughs) to a junkyard dog. (laughs) I was licking my chops. I'm like, could I have a little water, please? (laughs) And then we jumped in and it was the coolest thing. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Oh, we're getting some people thinking here today. This has been really good. We've gotten some really cool text messages. There's a lot of great feedback coming in. Had a lot of calls already. Usually 6 o'clock, there's a lot of people sound asleep, but somebody woke up and said, I don't (laughs) want to comment on this thing. You know, guys, I got to tell you, um, it's, it's an awesome thing to be sitting down on a plane headed to Zurich, Switzerland, for my layover there. And uh, a young lady and I began to just discuss life and asked her where she's from. She's from Mumbai, went to Toronto with her engineering degree, and uh, obviously a brilliant gal. She's a project manager in Toronto and heartbroken. The man that she had loved absolutely treated her horribly. And I won't even get into the details. She shared some of what this guy did to her. It's the, it's the typical stuff. It's cheating on her and treating her like trash and beating her down with words verbally. Horrible that that's considered the typical stuff. Well, that's typical stuff. And she was pained. And I said, well, of course, a discussion, what are you going to do about this? And just looking for a window. And she said, you know, I'm, Gave my mom and dad the green light to arrange a marriage for me. She said, my mom's on it. She started laughing. She said, my mom's on it. She's already got four boys lined up for (laughs) me to check out. One of them's in another city. And and, uh, I've been exchanging some pictures. I said, well, show me me one of these guys. She goes, oh, I got a whole bunch of pictures on this one guy. She goes, what do you think about this guy? She says, good looking dude. Man, quite a good looking, handsome guy. I said, how are you going to know? that he's the real deal. She goes, "Ah, I don't don't know. I'm really gun shy. She says, I am being burned by this other guy. She says, I 
really have a hard time taking a risk again. Hmm. I said, well, could I offer you some advice? And she said, I'd love it. She said, you know, I said, yeah, my bride and I used to go around the United States and speak at these marriage conferences and I get to counsel people a lot. I said, I'm a Christian. And I said, I, I know you're Hindu, but you do believe that Jesus was a prophet. He's one of your gods. She goes, yeah, that's right. She says, I'm, I'm Hindu, but I'm not really deep into it. But I said, you know, Jesus has some amazing words. You know, one of the stories that he told is that a, a tree is always going to bear fruit in keeping with its roots. She said, really? I said, yeah. I said, now here's what this means for you. Because trees don't always bear fruit right away. So you got to put a little space between opportunity. I said, now look at this guy. He's a handsome dude. But we can't see the fruit that's coming out of his life yet. Therefore, you don't know what his root system is like. And it's going to take some time to see what's really going on. Yeah. So she asked me another great red meat question. Well, what kind of fruit are you looking for? I'm like, oh, oh yes. <laughs> yes, there you go. And I said, well, I want to give you two things that I tell people all the time. That if you find a man who is humble and teachable, and in the middle of this long discussion, I wove in where humility is born at the foot of a, at the, at the humbling under the God who put the stars in space and sent his son to earth. But I said, if you find a man who is genuinely humble and teachable, look out. That's great fruit. Because if you find a man that's not teachable, what do you have? And she said, you got the guy that beat me up emotionally. That's what you got. Yeah. I said, you're right on. Great discussion about this. You know, we probably talked for an hour and a half about love, how you hit it, how you miss it. And all I left her with is I want you to explore the truths of Jesus Christ because this one that you're amazed by, who has profound words to say, he has more to say about where life begins and how much he loves you and how much he loved you to the point of dying for you and for me. And then I went on to explain my story. And um, when we're getting off the plane, she said, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. In fact, I'm going to say this because this is what she said to me. She says, I've never heard any of this stuff you're telling me. Wow. So my point in sharing this today is that there's a lot of, quote, reached people who are totally unreached. Yeah. I, I mean, they're unreached. Yeah. And when I got off the plane, I thought, Lord Jesus, would you please help me to be a man that shepherds people into taking the truths of God into their everyday lives mm -hmm. as starter questions and to get them cogitating and thinking about who is this God? Yeah. It's not hard. It's, it's not hard. To strike up conversations. People are like Curious George on steroids out there right now, guys. Yeah. Right. They are. It's true. It does matter how you present it to them, though. 
how you met her where she was at. Yeah, and and guys, this this is why it's so dangerous. I'm trying to mark my words here. That's why I'm hesitating a little bit. This is why it's so dangerous to become an angry evangelical. When we forget that we are sinners saved by grace, not of our own works, so that no one can boast. If we can get that embedded in our brain, we'll be more inclined to have conversations with some of the most despicable, air quotes, people you can imagine. Mm. Lost people. People from other world religions. Yeah. And amazing things can happen. I, I love those kind of conversations because it's it, coming up. I'll tell you about a class that I took and an exercise that I had to do where I had to have a conversation that I probably never would have had if not for the instructor saying, you have to do this. It's an assignment. And it was the, one of the best things I've ever done. It's awesome. That's coming up. Discipleship to start your day. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, guys, uh, we're tackling what it's turning into is love. And uh, the world is looking for love in a big way. A lot of great conversations today. We're going to get back to a spirited conversation about the influence of Taylor Swift and what in the world is going on with her fame and following. It's amazing. But Allie, take it, sister. A couple years ago, I took an online apologetics course, and this was I really wanted to get stronger in my ability to present reasoned arguments for the faith, to be able to articulate it maybe to people of different faith backgrounds. And one of the first exercises that we had to do was a very unusual one. The instructor and they there's lots of teaching uh, that you watch from different experts who are in kind of different uh, specific aspects of the faith. But this assignment was to find somebody of an entirely different faith background or no faith background, so no other Christian, and you need to talk to them with your sole purpose being to understand and be able to articulate what it is that they believe. Did this make you at all nervous? It made me nervous because this is what they said. Do not in any way try to share your faith with them. Oh, you're just inquiring. Huh. You are just inquiring for this conversation and wow. tell them up front. I just want to, I have an assignment. This is the class I'm taking. You can tell them you're a Christian, but don't try to share your faith with them. Your job is to really seek to ask questions to fully understand what it is that they believe and then be able to articulate it in a couple different categories. And I've mentioned this before, but there's four different categories that make up any worldview or any faith position. Origin, where did we come from? How did this all begin? Meaning, why are we here? Morality, how do we determine right and wrong? And destiny, what happens when we go? Word, what, what, what's the next thing? And so you can ask them questions to help them determine if they've may, maybe never thought it through. What do they believe in each of these categories? So I interviewed a woman who was a neighbor in my building. We knew each other kind of casually, served on a board together. And she had been in a, a religious sort of upbringing, but it was very much religion in name only. Uh, left a, not a great taste in her mouth about things of faith. Uh, went through a tough family situation and the church, her church was not very well responsive to her family. And so she kind of left those things in her past. 
no interest in religion. She was a very, uh, very charitable woman, cared about lots of different causes, had a very strong justice bent, but wanted really nothing to do with the things of God. But we had the best conversation where I just simply sought to understand her. And the reason why I thought about this is because I think sometimes in our eagerness to sort of jump in and give people the answer and share the gospel with them, which is awesome, we skip over the very human love listening component of just let me understand who you are. Boom, Allie. Before I try to solve your problem in my, you know, sometimes Christian arrogance, we can just jump in and miss the relational component. And so that forever changed kind of how I relate to people. And it took some of the pressure off. Like, let me meet you, get to know you, understand who you are with the best possible intent, not trying to shout you down, not trying to tell you that you're wrong. Let me understand you before I try to get you saved. Boom. I mean, a lot of people that we demonize or that we villainize in our own minds, if we sat down with them and had a cup of coffee, we'd find out because they're image bearers, all people are. We'd find out that there's there's some things that we really actually like about some people. Yes. And that we don't come sometimes our agenda to get work Jesus in, which is a good one. We're called to make disciples. We need to tell people about Jesus. But sometimes our our messaging is just off because our, we come across as very pushy, like a car, a used car salesman. Let me sell you this so I can move on to my next job. And by the way, the gap that needs to be filled there is not a big one. It's just love. It's just love. Yeah. And it's just love. And, and by the way, I know this, this has got some of you thinking deeply here, but Jesus, remember this, Jesus condemned Pharisees, and he reached out and he met people where they were who were sinners. Yeah. He, we get this all screwed up. Yeah. We save condemnation for sinners and applause for those that are in the church, mm-hmm. not knowing what's going on behind closed doors sometimes. Yeah. And we, we screw that whole thing up. I once heard from a missionary who came from another country and, and they were kind of sharing about their experience. And we're talking about how they teach in a public school in this country. And in my mind, that kind of religious pharisaical part of me came out and I was like, you went over there and you're teaching in a public school? Like, or shouldn't you just be walking around telling as many people as you can about Jesus? And I was, but I missed what she was doing initially, which was, She's building a relationship with these kids and with these faculty members and people who don't know Jesus, people who need to know Jesus. And she's starting by maybe she can't run in right away and go, let me tell you about Jesus. But she can build the relationships with the people who need to have relationships built with them so she can tell them about Jesus. And it opened my mind to kind of saying you don't need to just run around and go, "Okay, I've told you about Jesus. Now on to the next one. Okay, I've told you about Jesus. Now on to the next one. Building relationships is, is key. Boom. You know, I'm sitting here thinking because we're getting just a couple of texts from people that are like, man, shouldn't we just be dishing the truth? And boy, shouldn't we be calling out demonic behavior and demonic things that are because we were talking about Taylor Swift earlier? No. You know, there's, well, it's very popular right now to talk about seek first to understand, then to be understood. You know who authored that? Jesus. 
Yeah. Jesus did. Yeah. And all you have to look at is a small smattering of stories. I mean, he fed the 5,000. They were hungry. Were they converts? No. The Apostle Paul walked into the Athenians. Were they, were they godly? No. These were some of the most, listen guys, they had man-boy-love prostitute dens in Athens. Okay? Yeah, if you want to talk demonic behavior. But he said, let me, let me talk to you about your unknown God over here. Angry evangelicalism has never saved one person. Never seen it happen in my life. Never seen it happen. Love, boom. And by the way, does love mean you compromise truth? Not at all. Not for a moment. I've put my flag on the rock. I'm, nobody's taken me off of that. Good stuff here, guys. Coming up, minute and a half. We'll tell you where we're going. Oh, we're going to mix things up this morning. Oh, yeah, because we're talking Super Bowl. I got my got my dad's coat with me today. We're going to let's get a picture. You should, should we do it? Yeah, yes. I'd like to get yes. a picture up. So, all right, boom crew can see your jacket. Hang on, details come up minute and a half. Don't just keep it to yourself. Give what you've heard to a friend with the Carl and Crew Showcast. Just go to carlincrew.org. All right, here's, here's the reality. Is Taylor Swift a Christian? No, she doesn't claim to be. Are some of her songs uh, leading people astray? Yeah, big time. Are they missing the mark? Yeah, big time. But we got to ask the question, much like we see Paul leveraging the Athenian culture. Get this, Boom Crew. We have a world that we live in that is dying for answers and dying for love big time in a huge way. And here's the reality, right guys? The reality is, is that we've got an opportunity to ask a question that says, what in the world is Taylor Swift doing that has so many followers? And why would we even, why would we even ask a question like that? Well, I mean, I think we have to pay attention. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. But we pay attention to what's happening. And I think that there, are th every truth is God's truth. And you go, what is it that's making, what draws people to her? What is it that makes her attractive to people? I'm not talking about attractive in a physical sense. I'm talking about the way that young women, middle-aged women, older women all show up in mass anytime she does anything what is it? What is it? What is it? And by the way, you can you can take this to anything. And I know there's a lot of people that are saying, why would you ask this question? I'll tell you why. We live in a world today where the Christian church is totally separate and not come out from in a healthy way. Yeah. We've lost our ability to be salt and light. And there's things to be learned here. Paul stood with the Athenians and he says, even though they had, listen, they had man-boy love dens in Athens. It was one of the sickest cultures filled with debauchery you can imagine. You know what the Apostle Paul did? He said, I notice you have an idol here that's unlabeled, written to an unknown God. Let me talk to you about that God. You know what Jesus did? He sat down at a woman at a well with a woman at a well that had five husbands and she was currently shacked up. Even his own disciples said, what are you doing talking to her? 
The ability to reach people where they're at is what Jesus mastered. He condemned the religious elite. He saved and reached out to sinners. We got to ask a question. What in the world's going on? What is going on? We had two phenomenal callers in our first hour. Yeah, we had a, a caller who says, I used to be a mega Swifty, which is what she called herself. As Swifties are what the fans, the kind of, there's a tribe of them. And she said she meets people where they're at. We had another caller who mentioned how many of her songs are relatable to people, that people are craving love. And so her, you know, yes, yeah, she talks about breakups and, and, and exes and all of those things that people are like, I, I can relate to this, and I'm looking for love, too. So the a question that we've got is, and we, you know, I, let's just take those two responses we had. One is, how were those two captured? Yeah, one was meets people where, they at, where they're at, and two was lots of emphasis on love. Yeah, and why, why is that drawing so many people? Come on, let's go, guys. Well, I think because it's, it's just a, a window into the culture. People need one need relation need to be met where they're at and it's comforting when you are i think all of us can attest to that and then also we have talked about it so many times here the god-shaped hole in our lives in our hearts now is taylor swift filling that for people no but when she sings or talks about love people understand that desire they know that craving so they flock to it when it's presented. Imagine a man or a woman is listening right now and they've got a daughter who is a Swifty. Mm -hmm. By the way, the chances of that happening really high are high, super high. What would a parent be wise to do? To, to little, learn a little bit more about what it is that makes their daughter so drawn to this young woman. Yeah. Maybe sit down and listen to some songs so, yeah. with your daughter. It's the big one. Yeah, and I mean, there's songs that she's released recently. And by the way, I'm well aware of the fact that she claimed to be a Christian when she started. She was, by the way, set a record, Guinness World Record, for the youngest artist ever signed at the ripe old age of... 11. 11. And she, she claimed to be a Christ follower. There's no evidence that she sees Jesus Christ as her Savior and Lord. I get it. Yeah. There are things that she stands for that stand diametrically opposed to everything that... Jesus would teach, no question about it. But Jesus himself sat down with a stealing, thieving, conniving government official who was skimming dollars and stealing from people, and he sat down and he had dinner with him. What can we learn from that? Yeah. That sometimes it's good to reach people where they are, understand what's going on without compromising truth, and we can do that. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. One of the things that we know for sure is that there's an appeal of uh, people that are, how do I put this best? There's a hunger for love in our culture today that is huge, man. And this is not just for young girls or women. Not at all. This is for men included. People want to be loved. How do I know that? I would be blown away. Uh, 11 years, my bride and I spoke with Family Life Weekend to remember, and we'd go talk hard truth about what love looks like, and we'd watch people sit there for a whole weekend. Men parked 
forsaking Saturday football games, the whole deal, and hanging on through Sunday midday, finding out what real love is all about. The hunger for love at these weekend remembers was amazing. One of the coolest stories I saw was a, a man in Appleton, Wisconsin. He was an older guy, probably in his late 70s, early 80s, still working the farm. think he had overalls on. Great dude, man's man. Walks up to me at the end of the conference. My bride's next to me, and he's walking up with his bride of many years. And he's got tears flowing down his face. And he says, I need to tell you something. I said, what's going on? He said, you know, I'm, I'm going home to send a message to my children and my grandchildren. I was going to divorce this woman. But we've renewed our love here in 72 hours. Wow. And we're tearing wow. up those divorce papers. My bride was right there. Praise God. Awesome. Tearing Man. up those divorce papers. There is an... Here's what we've got to learn from the phenomenon. And it's not just Taylor Swift, because if you think about it, I don't care if it's Ario Speedwagon in Boston, and now all of a sudden <laughs> I'm starting to hit home with some of you who go, oh, yeah, Taylor Swift. I don't care if it's Michael Buble, who, yeah. by the way, doesn't claim to be a follower of Jesus. Nope. Be careful here, guys. It's easy to demonize people we want to demonize. But if you aren't in Christ, and none of us were, we were all born with our backs to God. We were all enemies mm -hmm. of the cross. Everyone. No one's righteous. But one thing we learn is that love songs dominate music. And they always have. Does love dominate? So here's the question. Does <laughs> love dominate the way we interact with the world? It should. Yeah. And it should. That's a should that we, that'll fly. Mm-hmm. It's amazing when you get an opportunity to sit down with someone and begin to peel back layers and you realize, man, people just want to be loved. I love it when my bride loves me. I've got a love language. Not going to tell anyone what it is right now. Thank you very much. But when my wife loves me with my love language, man, does it warm the cockles of my sure. heart. Yeah. I stand a little taller. I walk a little faster. The honeydew list gets done even quicker. No, I'm serious about sure. this, guys. And the itch that Taylor Swift is scratching but cannot resolve is that people are looking for love. This is why millions and millions and millions of people are flocking. And if we turn a blind eye or don't get that in our head and go, whoa, might we, the carriers of true love, might this challenge us to engage with our culture in a more healthy and biblical way, just like Jesus did? Yeah, absolutely. It's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this show cast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.